Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is our Wednesday night Bible class. We're podcasting a Bible class every Wednesday evening for those who cannot be with us at the building at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ, and also for all of those who are listening in other parts of the country and literally around the world. We're thankful to be able to spread God's word over the internet by the medium of the podcasting. And we're thankful that people are wanting to learn the Bible. That's important to us on an individual basis because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. So if we want to develop and stay strong and even grow stronger in our faith, then we need to be in God's word on a consistent basis. In fact, we need to be on God's word continually. Well, we want to help people do exactly that. We want to help people grow in their faith. We want to help people stay strong in their faith. And we want to help people come to understand that it's not just learning the scriptures, but we also need to learn the scriptures and accept that guidance and put it into practice in our lives to come to God for forgiveness and salvation through Jesus Christ. Repenting of our sins, confessing our faith in him openly, and surrendering to him in baptism, at which point the blood that he shed on the cross cleanses us of the guilt of our sins, Acts 2 and verse 38, and Acts 22 and verse 16, and also brings us into a saved state before God, Mark 16, verses 15 and 16, 1 Peter 3 and verse 21, and being baptized is how we come into Christ, Romans chapter 6, verse verses 3 through 4, and also Galatians chapter uh, 3 and verse 27. Well, how important then is it that we understand God's word so that we can put those teachings into obedient practice and application in our personal lives? We're glad to be able to help people come to understand, and we're glad to be able to help people understand not just the surface level teachings of the scriptures, but to get to the meat and understand the deeper matters. We pray that you are learning and that you are growing stronger in your faith. And if you're not yet already at the point of having been baptized into Christ, that you're coming closer and closer to that point. And we'd love to help you along that line. We often say that you can contact us through our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. You can click on the email link and contact us that way, or you can phone us at 402-498-8397, 402-498-8397. We also encourage you to share these studies with everybody you can. You can do that through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means. But you may help somebody get to heaven. So share with everybody you can. And all of these podcasts that you listen to, share them with your family members, your friends, your work associates, your neighbors. Again, literally everybody you can. Now, also encourage people to go to our website at churchofchrist.com and click on the email Uh, rather click on the podcast button and sign up for our podcasting. We keep emphasizing it's free. It always will be free. We're not after people's wallets. We want to help people get to heaven. When somebody signs up for our podcasting, they will receive our Wednesday night Bible class, our Sunday morning Bible class, all of our sermons, but they'll also receive, I think, a really wonderful 
short, about a 13-minute Bible study every day called Today's Bible Class, really hitting on pertinent topics that we can learn about from God's Word as to how to deal with those, how to make the proper applications to our lives. And that's seven days a week, just a short study, keeps us in God's Word. They'll also receive our Monday through Friday daily radio program, Search the Scriptures. Now, at our website, they can download, they can listen to, they can read through hundreds of sermons and also hundreds of articles that are scripturally based and spiritually focused. And again, all of that is free and always will be free. So encourage people, and if you have not yet done that yourself, you take advantage of it. It's tremendous resource, Bible study resource material there, all for, all for free and, and just for your use. So take advantage of it yourself, churchofchrist.com. We're going to get back into our study now in 2 Peter, and we've been taking time, and, and through these, these, Bibles, these Wednesday night Bible classes that we've been podcasting, I've taken time. I've gone into the particular texts of Scripture in depth and in detail, and prayerfully and hopefully help you understand not just, again, the surface level uh, teachings, but really digging deep and understanding how should we understand this and how should we make the proper applications to our lives. We're going to pick up with verse 1 in uh, chapter 2. Now, I want to go back to verses 20 and 21 of chapter 1 because I believe they blend right together with the first several verses of chapter 2. We talked about verses 16 through 21 in chapter 1 last time. And so I just want to go back and and set the stage, beginning with verse 20 of chapter 1 and and moving on down through verse 3 of chapter 2. Peter says, knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit— now, we, we talked about what that means. When God gave us his word, he had writers whom he inspired through the Holy Spirit. In other words, God guided them to write his very word through the guidance of the Holy Spirit so that they'd get it correct. So when we look at scripture and we hear people all the time say, well, it's just a matter of interpretation. You, you interpret it this way and we interpret it that way. That's not in keeping with what the scriptures teach. And particularly right in this very text of scripture, which is God's word. Again, remember what Paul wrote in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God, literally meaning it is God's very word. So when we're reading scripture, we're reading God's very word, and he guided the writers through the Holy Spirit to get it right, to get it correct. So Peter says, don't use that, and I think we can understand that the devil is behind all incorrect interpretation of scripture, and so don't let that, don't, 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 you know, harbor those thoughts in your mind that it's okay for you to interpret it one way and somebody else to interpret it another way and somebody else besides that person to interpret it a third way and on down the line. 
Peter says, no, no, no. No prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation. It is God's word. It means the same thing for every one of us. Now, moving on down to chapter 2, beginning with verse 1 and reading through verse 3. And again, I believe these, this particular text blends with verses 20 and 21 of the previous chapter. So verse 1 of chapter 2, but there were false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who brought them and bring on themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their destructive ways because of whom, uh, because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. The covetousness they will exploit, or by covetousness they will exploit you with deceptive words, For a long time, their judgment has not been idle, and their destruction does not slumber. Well, what is Peter saying here? He's reminding the readers that there have been false teachers out there basically forever, (laughs) and just about as long as mankind has been on the face of this earth, and God has been communicating his will to men, there have been false teachers. And, And Peter is saying, these false teachers are going to be held accountable. In fact, they're being held accountable by God. There were also false prophets among the people. I think Peter's talking about in Old Testament times, God guided certain men to be prophets of his word, to speak to the people of Israel primarily, but in some cases, even beyond them, But there were also others who called themselves prophets of God, but they were not truly prophets of God. They were false prophets, and they deceived a lot of people. They led a lot of people astray. And so even as there will be false teachers, now notice that that Peter changed the particular designation from false prophets, referring to the false prophets of Old Testament times, as opposed to the true prophets of God during Old Testament times. And now he's, he's focusing on Christians, on the church in the Christian age, and he says, even as there will be false teachers among you, false teachers, who will secretly bring in, and, and that's interesting that he, he uses this particular uh, phrase here, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought, who bought them and bring on themselves swift destruction. Well, sometimes false teachers think they're teaching the truth. They're just deceived themselves into believing what the scriptures teach in an erroneous or incorrect way. But they're sincere in what they're teaching, but they're sincerely wrong that needs to be understood. They need to understand that themselves. Whatever we teach as being God's word needs to conform exactly to God's word. Otherwise, it's not God's word. But these false teachers, they were already in, in, in place going through the congregations of the Lord's church as Peter wrote this. False teachers were already out there. The devil is always active, 
and he's always at work trying to lead those who are faithfully following God and Christ, lead them away from that faithfulness. Now, he doesn't have to make them atheists. I've emphasized that a number of times throughout the decades of my teaching and preaching. He doesn't have to make somebody an atheist. He just has to lead somebody away from the truth. Jesus said in John chapter 8 and verse 32, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. And in chapter 17 of John's gospel account, in verse 17, Jesus prayed to the Father, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Your word is truth. When we were, when we were studying through Peter's first letter, we gave attention to this very principle, to this very point. In chapter 1, beginning with verse 22, Peter wrote, and he's writing this to Christians again, those who have become dedicated, obedient, faithful followers of Christ. They were baptized into Christ for the remission of their sins. He says in verse 22 of chapter 1, since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit, in sincere love of the brethren, Love one another fervently with a pure heart, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Well, God communicated to mankind the truth of his plan for our redemption and forgiveness and salvation through Jesus Christ. He communicated his truth to us through the scriptures. He chose certain men and guided them, inspired them through the Holy Spirit to write not their good thoughts, not their good ideas, but to write his very word. And so Peter is emphasizing here in chapter 2, First Peter, uh, 2 Peter chapter 2 in verse 1, there's going to be false teachers who are going to go among you among whom? Among the church, among the congregations of the Lord's church, certainly among all those who would say, I believe in God, I believe in Jesus as God's Son and my Lord and Savior. There's going to be false teachers go among you, just as there were false prophets in Old Testament times, trying, well, contradicting what the true prophets of God were teaching his people during those days, those generations. And then he says here in 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 2, many will follow their destructive ways, the destructive ways of the false teachers. Now understand that the false teaching of false teachers is destructive. It's destructive. Many will follow their destructive ways. We're talking about eternally destructive. We're talking about spiritually destructive. And then he goes on and says, because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. Well, we've talked about this. How do you reach somebody? How do you convince somebody with the true teachings of God's word when they look around themselves and they see perhaps thousands of different denominations teaching conflicting doctrinal positions, and even plans of salvation, 
and all still claiming to be the church of the, of, 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 of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, all claiming to be the church of God. Now, how do you convince them? How do you, how do you show them this is the truth when they say, well, those folks over there, they're saying something different. And look at those folks over there, they're saying something still different. And look at all these different denominations. They can't even agree on what they ought to call themselves. They've got all these different kind of conflicting names by which they call themselves. And if you ask them, what are you religiously, they'll give you the name of their denomination before they'll even tell you that they're Christians. And so there's tremendous confusion out there. How do you, how do you convince somebody Well, you have to help them to see the truth of God's word. You have to say, well, let's kind of clear the board of all of that confusion out there because God's not the author of confusion, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, and let's look at just what the scriptures say. And that will be our standard, that will be our guide, because that will be the truth of God's message to us. He has communicated it to us through his word. Again, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. True scripture. It is God-breathed. It is God's very word. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. So there were false prophets in Old Testament times among God's people, the Israelites. And there are false teachers out there today who are leading people astray. Some of them are sincere in what they're teaching. Some of them are just outright frauds, and they're they're trying to gain followings. And ultimately, they're looking at money. The more people they can get to follow them and persuade to send them money, well, the more financially well-off they are, and perhaps even wealthy. But whatever the motive might be, false teaching is false teaching. I remember studying with some young fellows who were teaching what I clearly understood and still understand to be false doctrine, false teaching. And I pointed them to Revelation chapter 22 and verses 18 and 19. And they were familiar already with that particular text of Scripture. It was interesting that they, they said later that they had been doing teaching different places for some time, and they had never had to really memorize scripture <laughs> until just that particular period of time because of where they were. People were, help, people were responding to them with scripture. Well, they they said, we never really had to understand, we never really had to, to memorize scripture until just recently. Well, how are you going to teach God's word if you don't know what the scriptures say? But anyway, I pointed to Revelation chapter 22 and verses 18 and 19, where at the close of that particular book, and we see that in our, in our Bibles as the last book of God's word, the last book of the Bible, the last book of the New Testament. And there we read, for I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the book of life, from 
the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. They already knew what those verses say. Now there, probably we're to understand that that's John closing out this writing. I wonder if it's really not Jesus speaking there personally. He, just a couple of verses prior to that, he was the one who was highlighted as the speaker. But regardless, it's God's word. And John is writing by inspiration again, guided by God through the Holy Spirit to write God's very word. And so when I pointed that out to them, as I said, they already knew what it said there. They apparently had already been, you know, confronted with with those particular verses of Scripture before, before I brought them to their attention. Now, this was what they said in response. That applies, now I'm paraphrasing, but this was basically what what their, their position was, that applies to the book of Revelation. Now, did you get that? It says there in verses 18 and 19, anybody who adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. If anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away his part from the book of life, which means eternal life. But now their position was that only applies to the book of Revelation. Really? You mean that, that, that particular principle laid out there, only God meant that principle to apply only to that one book from his word, the Bible? Well, if that's what you believe, how do you deal with Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 2? Now, we're talking about one of the very first books of the Bible, and there, the message is, is the same. The same principle is brought out. You shall not add to the word which I command you, nor take from it, that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you. Now, that was Moses speaking to the people. But he was, he was laying out the very same principle. What I'm commanding you is God's word. You are not to take anything away from it. You are to keep the commandments which the Lord your God has given you through me. Well, what was the message of Revelation 22 verses 18 and 19 again? Uh, John is writing there and he says, everyone who hears the words of of the prophecy of this book If anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues which are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the book of life, from the holy city, from the things which are written in this book. God's word was in Deuteronomy chapter 4, one of the first books of the Bible, God's word is what's being communicated in that very last book of the Bible, in Revelation chapter 22, verses 18 and 19. In fact, almost the very last verses in that particular book. Well, does this prohibition against changing God's word only apply to the book of Revelation and the book of Deuteronomy? And in Deuteronomy, we move a little further into chapter 12. We look at verse 32, and we see the same warning again. 
Whoever I com- uh, whatever I command you, be careful to observe it. You shall not add to it, nor take away from it. God's word again. God's instructions. God's commandments. Well, does this principle, does this instruction only apply to the book of Revelation and the book of Deuteronomy? What do you do with the book of Proverbs? When we turn there, Proverbs chapter 30, and we look at verses 5 and 6, we see exactly the same principle and commandment laid out. Every word of God is pure. Now, every, God of word is, every word of God is pure. Is the entire Bible the word of God? Absolutely. And even those young men who were laying out that false application, that incorrect application of Revelation 22, verses 18 and 19, they would have said, oh, oh well, yeah, sure, all the Bible is God's word. Well, here, the wise man in Proverbs chapter 30 and verse 5 says, every word of God is pure. He is a shield to those who put their trust in him. Do not add to his words, lest he rebuke you and you be found a liar. Don't add to his words. Now, these other texts that we read said, don't take anything away from his words either. Well, the principle is still the same. Don't try to change God's word. When you change God's word, it's no longer God's word. It's your word now, and you're not God, and you don't have the authority to change God's word. Well, are we to understand that that particular commandment, warning from God does not, or or only applies to the book of Deuteronomy, the book of Revelation, and the book of Proverbs? Well, of course not. Every word of God is pure, Proverbs 30 and verse 5. We don't add to his words. We don't take anything away from his words. When we do, then we're violating these very commandments. They apply to all of God's word. We can't change it. Now, you see, the problem with these two young men who were studying with me and I was studying with them at that particular time, they had some other books that they, continued to, that they, that they contended to be authoritative words of God. But they were not the Bible. They were some other books written by a man. But they saw those as being authoritative. They had considered those to be God's word. Well, the scriptures have been fulfilled as far as bringing us the complete word of God. Now, how do I know that? Because when we read Jude, only the letter of Jude only has one chapter, but one chapter does not take away its importance or its benefit to us. And so let's read what Jude wrote in that one chapter long book, but verse three. And here's what Jude wrote. Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning your common, concerning our common salvation, there's only one way to be saved. There's only one way to be led to salvation, and that's through the word of God, which guides us to come to God through Jesus Christ. 
Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, John 14 and verse 6. So Jude says, Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, the way of salvation is the same for everybody. He goes on and says, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith, which was once for all delivered to the saints. Once for all means once for all. We don't, we should not, we don't need, we, we should not be looking for some new revelations from God. The faith has already been once for all delivered to mankind. It does not change. Galatians chapter 1, verses 6 through 9, the apostle Paul rebuked the churches of Galatia because false teachers had already come in and were leading them astray from the true gospel that they had been taught. And Paul says, I'm amazed that you so soon have been led astray, removed, that you have, you're turning away from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel. And then he went on and clarified, which is not another but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert or twist or change the gospel of Christ. And whenever, again, whenever you change God's word, whenever you change the gospel of Christ, it's no longer God's word. It's no longer the gospel of Christ. It's your word. It's the gospel according to you. It's not from God. And Paul pronounced condemnation upon any false teacher who would do that. If we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. If anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. Condemned. False teaching is not a light matter. And so when Peter writes what he wrote in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 20, through chapter 2 and verse 3, and we'll read some more beginning with verse 4 next time, he's writing about a, oh, such a serious matter, one of the most serious matters from a spiritual perspective that confronts mankind. We need to stay true to God's word. It is the authority, not an authority. It is the authority for what we should believe and teach and practice in our spiritual lives, in our lives dedicated to God, dedicated to following him, his way. Remember in verse 2 of 2 Peter chapter 2, Peter identified the ways of those false teachers, the ways that they would lead those who would succumb to their false teaching as destructive ways, destructive ways. And he talked about how because of their false teaching, the way of truth will be blasphemed, spoken, spoken against. 
and by covetousness they will exploit you. Now that would that would include certainly and perhaps point most primarily to those who are just trying to get a following, just trying to get a lot of people to send them a lot of money, basically, or give them kind of a power trip. But it certainly applies to all those, even those who are sincere in their false beliefs, but they're teaching false teaching. And it applies to them as well. And Peter says their judgment has not been idle and their destruction does not slumber. God knows exactly what they're doing. And God will prevail. His truth will stand. We'll stop here and pick up with verse 4 next time. Let's pray. Father, thank you for giving us your word. Thank you for the purity of your word that is communicated to us through your very word, that it is pure, and that we simply need with thanksgiving to accept it and make the proper applications to our lives. We give you the glory, Father. Please guide us in understanding correctly and applying correctly the truth of your word to our lives and then teaching it correctly to others all around us and around the world. Please forgive us, gracious Father. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.